Jesus used a favorite pastime of many, millions of people fishing, and yet Jesus ties it into the mission that he had come to do. This great big mission that he had, he tied to an activity, and even for some, a way of life or an occupation. But in either case, we can glean today from Jesus' request, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And that leads us inside of Pastor Martin's new sermon series, Engaging the Mission of Jesus. And today's word is going fishing with Jesus. Follow along in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22, and listen as Pastor Martin explains. We are going to begin a sermon series entitled today, Engaging the Mission of Christ. And I know I look a little unorthodox with my skinny jeans and my t-shirt, but there's a purpose. I'm not a skinny jean man, so just understand. I'm doing my best. My wife thinks it's cute, but... She's the boo and the boss, so hey. But today we're going to talk about this engagement in the mission of Christ. The term mission is defined as an important assignment to be carried out or an important goal or purpose that is accompanied by strong conviction, a mission. We are charged by the great co-mission, meaning that we are to mission together as co-laborers in the mission field of Christ. Jesus came down from heaven into the world with a global rescue plan that he came to fulfill. The Father said, go and rescue and go and, and, and repair the breach between me and man. It was a divine assignment that he came and he conveyed this message of forgiveness and redemption and God looking beyond a man's fault and seeing his need and offering him salvation, he came with this mission and he conveyed it through what we call the gospel or the good news. But the reality that we find is that in every mission, there must be an intentional effort of conviction. Because no matter what the mission is, unless those who have been charged with the mission are convinced that they are a part of it, then therefore they will not engage. So it's key today as we look and begin this sermon series and as we look in the gospel and look at what Christ Jesus commissioned his, his followers, that we then walk away with a sense of our own personal conviction that we are a part of the co-mission. The co-mission, the, 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 the coming together of a collective body to mission together that we might expand the kingdom of God in the earth. The reality that Christ understood is that he was going to be setting the tone and therefore asking all of those who would then follow him to follow his example. Christ Jesus was so consumed with the mission that he was sent to do, he says, everything you see me doing and everything you hear me saying is what my father has given me to do. It's what my father has told me to say. 
But the question that we must ask is how much of our existence are, is consumed with the mission of Christ? Because oftentimes we take him and we put him in a place in our life, but we don't necessarily put him as the center of our life. And because he's just a part of our life, he gets moved around based upon the time and the season and on the things that we make a priority at the time. But the centralization of Christ in our life causes us all to recognize that he is preeminent. And that we also respond as Jesus said. Father, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Today's sermon is entitled, Going Fishing with Jesus. I don't know if you've read my shirt. You may be too far back to see it. But it says, I am hooked on Jesus. Because when we look here in the sermon, uh, as, we, as we consider the sermon for today, and we look here in the text, we see that, that Jesus, when he, he finds his first four disciples are all fishermen. And then he says something to them that they could relate to. He says, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. But it's key because he, he chooses the first four. They're fishermen. So imagine how that would translate to the rest of the guys who are not fishermen as they come along and he says, hey, Jesus is making us fishermen or fishers of men. So as we consider this today, my hope is that as you, you may not be a fisherman. You may say, hey, listen, it's just not my thing. I've done it. I've tried it. Earlier today, uh, Sister Makisha came up to me. She said, I, I, I fish, but, uh, but I, don't, I don't put the bait on myself. <laughs> and I don't take the fish off the hook. <laughs> I just go out and I fish. And the reality is that, that her sentiment ties into what we're going to share today. Because each one and every one of us can fish. And you may not be that great with putting the bait on your hook. And you may not be that good at taking the fish off the hook. But all God is ever calling any one of us to do is to just be fishermen to be available for fishing. Fishing for the souls of men, fishing for men, because when you think about this reality that we're all called to fish, some of us fish more often than others. Some of us are more avid fishermen than others. But all of us are called to fish. Some of us prefer fishing at other times. Some of us are early morning fishermen. I'm not one. I love to fish, but I don't necessarily like getting up at four. They say that's the best time to catch the fish. Maybe that's why I'm not catching. <laughs> I need to get up and wake up, stir up, be up, and then go fishing. 
So Jesus says this. He says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus used fishing to describe the nature of his earthly mission. Jesus used a favorite pastime of many. Millions of people fish. Millions of people have gone fishing, and it's a favorite pastime for so many, and yet Jesus ties it into the mission that he had come to do. This great big mission that he had, he tied to an activity, and even for some, a way of life or an occupation. But in either case, we can glean today from Jesus' request, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So the first thing I need to, to, to say, uh, or the first point I need to make that I hope will stick with you today uh, is that fishing or fishermen are intentional. You don't just happen to fish. You can walk at a park, it's got lakes, and there's fish in the lakes. But you don't just happen to fish, you have to be intentional. So when Jesus says, follow me, I will make you fishers of men, he said, follow me, and as I make you fishers of men, you will need to be intentional about your fishing. Look at verse number 19. He says, follow me. So notice this because it's key to understand when Jesus says, follow me, he is actually making a statement here. Because what we understand about following is that followship is intentional. You don't just follow by chance. You have to actually position yourself behind and then watch what the leader does. I remember this uh, as, as I was doing my student teaching. Elementary education was my major in undergraduate. And I, and, I, and I was doing my student teaching. And I remember trying to get the fourth graders that I was teaching how to the bathroom. And it seemed like I needed a lesson plan for following the leader. I said, everybody, here's John. Get behind John. Six children are standing beside him. Four children are over there and four more over there, and some have not left their seat. I said, here's John. Get in line behind him. I leaned over. I said, John, here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk to the end of the hallway and stop. John walked out, he got to the end, he stopped, children started to crash in the back of him. So I stopped and said, guys, here's what I need you. Everything that John does, do what John does. After multiple times, we made it to the bathroom. <laughs> but then we had to make our way. Because followership is intentional. You don't just follow by chance. You've got to set your mind on actually following what the leader is doing. So when Jesus says, follow me, he was actually declaring to them, you're going to have to be intentional about your fishing. Because you're going to need to do it the way I do it. Follow me. If I am intentional about my father's mission, then you need to be intentional about my father's mission. If I'm submitted to my Father's will, then you need to be submitted to my Father's will. If 
I am only consumed myself with, or concerning myself with trying to please my father, then you too ought to be concerned with pleasing him as well. The other thing that, that, that helps us understand that fishing is intentional is that fishing requires advanced preparation. You can't fish without a pole. Can't fish without line and hooks. You got to have some bait. It, it, it requires advanced preparation. And here's what Jesus says, follow me in that verse 19. He says, follow me. And here's where he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this advanced preparation. I will make you. The making was him preparing them to go fish. He says, I'm not going to tell you to go out there and fish for men without showing you what that looks like. So he was going to prepare them because fishing is intentional. And it requires us to be prepared. There's something that is unique about Amity that I love. Because Amity's mission statement actually speaks to this very thing. Amity's mission statement is to know God and to what? If you, unless you just visited for the day, you should know that. <laughs> to know God and to make him known. Understand this, the preparation part of fishing, because remember, you can't fish without being prepared. The pre preparation part that's in our mission statement is know God. I got to first get to know him. He's preparing me. He's training me. He's transforming me. As I know him, that's my preparation for fishing. But here it is. Here's my fishing license. I found that out I was when we moved down and and I wanted to go fishing at the park. And he said, you got to have a license. I went to Walmart. The young man said, well, are you a resident? I said, yes, I live here. <laughs> and said, What's your proof? I said, well, well, I just moved, so I don't have my idea. Well, let me see your idea. I said, well, that, that says Indiana. I said, yes, I understand that. I'm, I'm working on that. <laughs> Did you bring a bill? A bill? Yeah, what's your address? I said, well, I'm just trying to fish. I didn't know I needed to, to sign up. <laughs> so because there is a prerequisite of being prepared, but once you get your fishing license, you've now been released to go fish. After I paid the money and he gave me my license, I was free to go fish. And here's what our mission statement says. It says, to know God, and then it says, and now go and that's where we go fishing. You didn't know that when Pastor Smith was sitting down and crafting this with that, with that, with that, 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 that coordinating team and they came up with this, they were saying, listen, we're going to prepare you to fish, to know God, and to make him known, to go out and share this good news. The second point, because I'm almost done, I am. Only have three points. The second point, so we said fishers are intentional, but fishers are also flexible. Fishers are flexible. Here's what Paul, the Apostle Paul, said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22 and 23. He says this, to the weak I became weak that I might win the weak. I become all things to all men that I might by all means, save some. 
Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partakers of it with you. He says, listen, he's not saying that I, I, I dumbed down the gospel. He says, but I acquiesce to where I am to make sure that those who are with me can see the Christ in me, but also hear the good news of Christ. Earlier, he had talked about how he was willing to be flexible. Does that mean that we have to do things that dishonor God in order because of people that we're trying to reach? No, because you're not reaching them then. If I come in and I become what you are, so Paul's not saying I became weak. He says, he said, what I did is that for those who had little understanding, I didn't talk big theological things to them. But those who were intellectual and had a greater understanding, I had to rise to the occasion. He said, because I understood that no matter what it was, I was going to need to be able to relate to them and them to me and me communicate the gospel in a way they can receive it. See, sometimes we get caught up trying to sound deep. We go to Sunday school, we get alert, we learn a term or two, we're like, yes, um, do you understand soteriology? No, that's not language we use walking around. What about pneumatology, the, the existence of the Holy Spirit and the indwelling presence of God? Didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. So what he's saying is I had to make sure because when he was talking to Jews, he let them know I'm a Jew. He said, I've been trained. I know the law back and forward. And then when he was talking to the Gentiles, he said, because they don't understand any of this thing about the sacrifices and all the things that have happened in our, in our culture, he says, I need to help them to understand something practical. So the reality, he says, that we've got to be flexible if we're going to be fish. So thus, my props. I, 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 I'm not going to suggest to you that I know all the means of fishing. But those that I'm going to share with you, I hope to convey to you that there are differences in the conditions and or the fish that requires different methods, okay? And I want you to be back there saying, yeah, but you know, you forgot about the... Uh, Maybe I just didn't know. <laughs> because my goal is to help us to understand today that there are different methods based upon the fish and the fishing conditions. The first one that I'd like to share with you today is what's called bait casting. This is a very active means of fishing because ultimately you take and put a lure on the line and you're continually casting. And this method is designed around continuing to put this bait in front of someone until they attack it or until they, uh, in front of the fish until they attack it or until they take it. Now, the types of fish, if you have a fish that's, a, that's, that's not aggressive, then this method does not work. And therefore, you have to be flexible because depending on the fish and the fishing conditions, you may be casting bait, you may be continuing to bring it to forth in front of them, but it may not be the right approach. Because it may be somebody that you're trying every time you see them. You know you need to go to church. Why wouldn't you at church? 
I was at church today. The pastor spoke well today. You may be using the wrong method because this fish ain't going to tap. But it's the Holy Spirit that helps us to understand because as I keep casting, keep throwing, if he's telling me to keep saying it, keeping it in front of him, then I have to trust that he's guiding me to do that. But if he shows me I've got the wrong method, I need to put the pole up. The other method that I'd like to show you is what's called bottom fishing. This method, you actually just take, all you really need is a hook and a weight. And, and, and the method is designed around positioning the bait and allowing for the fish to come by and pick it up. Now, for those catfish lovers, you have to put something on there to smell. Sometimes it has to stench because catfish has whiskers, and so it, it hunts by smelling around. And so you just put it out there on the bottom, and you wait. See, that's the person that, that God has put you in their space, and every so often he brings up a man, uh, the conversation about God. Or every so often it comes up where they ask a question about Jesus and you put the bait out there and you have to leave it. Because the problem is when you're bottom fishing, every time you reel in, you drag the bait across the bottom and sometimes you drag it off the hook. So if it happens to be one of those cases where God says, just put it out there and keep living the life. Put it out there and keep living the life in front of them. Mention it here and there because you do have to rebate at times. But it's not as frequent of a casting mechanism as you have when you're bait casting. So sometimes God says, put it out there. Let them know it's out there because when they get hungry, they'll pick it up. They heard what you said and then when trouble comes in their life, they remember that you said that there was hope in Jesus. When sorrow comes in their life, they remember to say that you, you told them that there's joy in Jesus. When their world is turned upside down, then they can remember when you told them that God had put your world right side up and placed your feet on solid ground. But now, if that's not the right mechanism, you put the pole up. There's one other method that's called bobber fishing or float fishing. And this mechanism is kind of a combination of both bottom and bait casting. Because what you do here is you, 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 you place this float or bobber on the line and you cast it to the place you think is nearest where the fish are, and what happens is that the, the bait hangs suspended in the water as fish are swimming by. The hope is that they are attracted to it. So uh, again, you don't do this often. You don't, keep, you don't 
throw it out and bring it in every few minutes. You let it sit out there, similar to it being on the bottom, but now you're actually putting it out there that it might be more enticing because as it's sitting on the water and as the waves are coming, it kind of keeps the bait bouncing in the water that it might attract the attention of a curious fish who comes over and said, hmm, it looks good to eat. <laughs> That's the person where God has you with them for an extended season. A time in which you are there and they're, they're recognizing, hey, something's different about you. There's something that I know that God, something has happened. I'm not sure what it is. I'm curious because I see change happening in you. I see something has changed in you and I'm curious because you're just out there showing them how Jesus is working in your life, showing them how you're getting through troubles, showing how when everything fell apart, you kept smiling, showing how when everything seemed to be falling apart on your job, you were the only one sitting there quietly praying. When they talked about laying off everybody, and you brought donuts. They said, how can you bring donuts when they think about letting us go? And you got an opportunity to say, because the Lord is my keeper. So that's where you are. They're just. Now, in each one of these methods, there's types of fish that fall in the category that would warrant you using either one of these methods. Fish that stay towards the bottom, then you need the bottom fish. Fish that move around a lot, they might be fish that, that use bobbers. Fish that like to stay in hiding places or up near structures, you might try to lure them out with bait casting. But for those of you who are not selective and are not particular, because if we think about it, all of us have a preference for the kind of people we want to witness to. <laughs> Let's just be real and be straight, amen? Because you looking at it and saying, they might join your church. <laughs> so if I witness to her and she follow me to my church, do I want her as my member? <laughs> but the reality is that God has called us to be flexible so yes, we may have particular fish that we may go fishing for, but he also has made a way for us to not be so particular. This is actually the method that the men that he first called to follow him were engaged in. This is net casting. And the way this works is you just take the net you toss it out there, and there's weights on the sides of the net, and as the net is falling, it catches whatever's in its path. The reality that we must understand is that sometimes God just wants us to be net casters. Not to stop and say, who do I want to witness to, but who, God, would you have me to witness to. Now, I am no good at doing this. I, I, just understand, Brother Jerome. I know. 
Because the goal is, as you cast the net, and I'm just going to demonstrate it by opening up because I'm not going to try to show you. You throw the net, there's weights around on all sides. As that net hits the water, here it is. You get top feeders, middle swimmers, and bottom feeders. Because as the weights pull the net down, when it hits the ground, you feel and you tug, and then as you begin to pull on the line, watch it now, it starts coming together, and it captures whatever's in its path. And then the sorting out takes place once you get them in the boat. See, God would have us to be individuals who are just fishers and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us to what fish that he's already been cultivating, the fish that he already knows is hungry. But we simply have to be willing to be fishers. Because fishers are intentional, and fishers are flexible. That leads me to my third and final point. Fishers anticipate opportunities to fish. Ask anyone who fishes and they're looking for an opportunity to fish. There's a, dear, a friend that keeps a rod and reel in his trunk. <laughs> he drives by a lake or a pond he hadn't, been th he hadn't thrown into. He, he pulls out, he got a little couple worms. Because fishers anticipate fishing. And here's something I'd like for you to keep. Those who fish look to fish. Those who fish look to fish. Because I'm a fisherman, I look for opportunities. Even when I haven't fished for a while, which I haven't. Since I've been here in Texas, I've fished about four times. I'll be here three years <laughs> in June. Because one of the things that keep me from fishing is that the truth of the matter, Brother Terry, is that I like fishing, but I love catching. And since I haven't been doing much catching, I haven't been doing much fishing. <laughs> but I want to talk about that because oftentimes our desire that when we fish, we want to be the catcher versus just the fisher. So I want to talk about fishing versus catching. Because here is the temptation that each one of us has that when we are sharing the good news, we want to be there when that person drops tears in their eyes and they're crying, Jesus, help me, Jesus. You want to be there when that happens. But you're not called to the catching. You're called to the fishing. That wraps up another awesome word. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. 
If you would like to join, contact us, or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, be blessed.